Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling the Green uh, here on AM860, The Answer in Portland and the Golf News Network. I'm JT, and this is where we talk to the truly interesting people in the world of golf, the characters, curmudgeons, and carefree souls that make this game and the folks around it worth talking to. And speaking of worth talking to, John Hawkins, the Hawk, is back with us today. And uh, he's been on the show once before. I think he'll become a semi-regular on the show because I really enjoyed the time we spent together. Uh, Hawk, welcome back. Well, thank you, partner. It's a tall tall order to live up to, but uh, (laughs) I'll do my best. Good to be back. I have no doubt that you will. I have no doubt (laughs) that you will. So here's the deal. We just had the Masters, which normally we would have in April. We just had it in November. And I and before we get into specifics and stuff, John, I got to tell you, it just seemed weird from the get go to me. And I wasn't there personally, physically, but even watching it and it, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, it's the Masters, but it was just weird. Well, I I, I think you're in the majority, partner. I think um, we just got done our podcast. Mike Perky and I do a show called Hawk and Perk uh-huh. uh, on Tuesdays, and I mean, we spent 45 minutes talking about it ourselves. I think, yeah, um, the, the the victory was, was simply in playing the tournament and, and not having to cancel the tournament. Right. And I think the same, that, that, that basically could be said about the entire season. It's just, it, it's the, the, the old line, it's better than nothing, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it, it is, it yeah. really is. That said, it was a difficult tournament to love. The, uh, if you're a real golf aficionado, the golf course, uh, Augusta National just didn't play anything like it usually does. It was it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Why we saw a record-winning score. We saw two guys finish at 15 under, which would have won like every other Masters, but two. Um, it was uh, it was a strange week indeed, and made additionally odder. Or more additionally, odd by the by the nature of the competition, it, we, we ended up with a, a five-stroke winner, Dustin Johnson, obviously uh, second major title, sure, 24th tour victory, and uh, third largest margin of victory in Augusta in Masters history. But Jeff, at the at the midway point of this golf tournament, it was. There was this giant traffic jam atop the leaderboard. It was mm-hmm. there were like thirty guys within four shots of each other, and it looked like just a crazy, you know, just could be an, an absolutely 
unforgettable, unforgettable weekend. And, uh, and it was going to, you know, this remarkable shootout, we were going to have fireworks galore and this, this remarkable shootout was going to sort of be serve as the payback for us having to wait all these months to play this damn tournament. Yeah. So, and Dustin Johnson came out Saturday afternoon and just bludgeoned the golf course. He, uh, he turned uh, this giant clot of contenders into a a group scrambling for second and third place, and you know he led by he led by five uh, at the turn, really, or even before that. So very strange just to have all the suspense at the beginning of the tournament and and not the end. And, and JT, that that's really you know there was not there was there was there were no fireworks on Sunday. There was no suspense, and it was a little bit of a downer. But we got through the week, and uh, the next Masters is only five months away. That's the good news. Yeah, that's the good news. And like you said, I mean, sitting at home, you could see that uh, the course was playing really soft. The balls were plugging. You know, just mm-hmm. just if you're a golfer, you know you know it when you see it. And um, it, it just was kind of... It still looks like a beautiful course, but it didn't look like Augusta National. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah, well, it was it was Augusta National in disguise, and the disguise didn't was kind of like a Halloween costume. <laughs> um, you know, but it, but we did get a Masters out of it. Um, you know, I think of like I mean, okay, Cameron Smith, he had a great week, but do does anybody uh, really think he would have shot fifteen under? I mean, he got up and down from every hot dog stand on the ground. He never would have been able to do that if the golf course had been playing firm and fast. Chipping was so much – when you can apply spin to your golf ball, mm-hmm. you can, uh, those guys can chip with their eyes closed. You could, you, you, they could take one look at it, you could wrap a blindfold around them, and they could chip it inside five feet half the time. I mean, but when it's firm and fast and you can't get the ball to check, now it's a whole different game. Now it's marbles, you know. Now it's marbles on a glass top, and that's really what. And that 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 prioritizes precision and accuracy with your iron shots and working back toward the tee. Uh, amplifies the importance of power because you have shorter irons in. So it, it's a very different game when you're throwing darts. And um, Cameron Smith took advantage of it, and got himself a second place finish. That's not to say. He wouldn't have finished second, but he wouldn't have finished 15 under. And uh, right, Johnson's a worthy champion, and certainly it's hard to it's hard to quibble with 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 what he's gotten done over the last 10 years or so. Uh, this is 24 wins and two major titles, and he's only 36, so he's probably got 10 more years left. Oh, sure, and he's got you know the guy is the from an outsider's point of view, John. The, he has changed his life. You know, he kind of had some ups and downs there, some personal things and, you know, whatever they were, it's not really our business, but he seems to have really, once the kids kind of started coming and relationship solidified in his personal life and that, he's going to be a contender for quite a while, I think. We we had a, uh, my partner and I had a lengthy conversation about him. We don't really know a lot about him. There's a couple of things that came to mind uh, to me. He is, Dustin Johnson does not have the same, does not generate the same type of polar reaction as 
Woods and Mickelson. And by that, I mean you either love Phil or you hate Phil. Right. You either love Tiger or you hate Tiger. You either love Madonna or you hated Madonna. Okay, so uh, then then you got guys like Spieth who are just golden boys and kind of everybody seems to love him, but he's no longer applicable. And then McElroy, who's a very good player but hasn't done a lot. <clears throat> you know, talk about talk about uh, you know all the all the greatness early in the in in, in the tournament. How about mm. all the greatness early in a career? McElroy has won a major in six and a half years. Still a very good player, but Dustin Johnson doesn't really move people. You know, he doesn't, you don't get a sense that people are really, really, you know, get out of bed to watch him play or are sure. really rooting for him. It's, it's an unusual deal in that, you know, he's an American and generally speaking, that's the first priority yeah. for us Yanks, you know. Um, you know, but he, he, like even Bubba Watson had kind of, you know, a, a bit of a, a a following, you know, a bit of a of a of a fan club. Johnson just goes about his business. I think he's been. You're right. You refer to the personal problems. Um, he's certainly. I don't. I, I think he's matured. I think that's the best way to put it. We all seem to come around at some point. Johnson maybe a little later than others. Uh, I think he's so exquisitely talented, JT, that he. He's probably had people telling him how awesome he is all his life. Uh, but I'm not going to play armchair psychologist. Sure. Uh, he's, 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 uh, he's a great player. He's a Hall of Fame lock. He was before this. Um, but he's not the kind of guy, you know, there won't be 20,000 people turning up at his Hall of Fame induction. Right. You know what I mean? He's, right. Uh, he's, uh, I, and one last thought, I think, I don't. His brother keeps referring in post-victory interviews about how it's wrong to perceive that he didn't care. I don't think people did. I don't think people thought he didn't care. I, I just think he's kind of perceived as a little bit of a rockhead. Uh, not to be mean, but yeah, um, yeah. He, he's quiet. He keeps to himself. He doesn't have a lot to say, and he just doesn't have. He's a he's a strapping lad. He's a good-looking dude. He looks like a Chippendales dancer, but. Um, Upstairs, there's not a ton there, at least that he shares with us. And yeah, um, you know, America loves a, uh, loves a, a talker, a, a, a character, and he's neither of those. Right. We're going to take a break. The Hawk and I will be back here. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT along with John Hawkins. Today, we want to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and the folks over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. For unmatched quality and comfort, check out Gunter Wilhelm Knives online. Uh, the Hawk and I are... T Sometimes I wish you folks could listen to what we say between the segments, but I'd probably get kicked <laughs> off the radio. Um, anyway, okay, John... Bryson DeChambeau, and let me let me say it from uh, the outsider's perspective here. You know, he's he's been a kind of a gregarious guy at times early in his career, and then last fall he went on this. Uh, I'm going to be Superman on uh, drinking protein shakes and eating a half a beef every day and whatever. 
And then every time he makes a move, everybody kind of goes into a tizzy. And the more they go into a tizzy, it seems like he goes into a tizzy. And, you know, I'm sure the guy might win a tournament or two again. Who knows? We never know. But I got to be honest. So far, I'm not impressed with the guy. Well, he's a different kind of cat. Yeah. Um, he wins the U.S. Open by six. I mean, I don't think there's a there's not a a, a person out there uh, with with a triple digit IQ that would that that would or should or could think that Bryson DeChambeau isn't a very very good player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and what he's done in reshaping his body and the, the results he's had are are highly admirable. I mean, he won a U.S. Open. From there, I think the paths start to diverge. And the latest incident happened last Saturday at Augusta. He makes the cut on the number. He's played like crap. He's and, – and the word has gotten out. And maybe – who knows? Maybe one of his managers or handlers sort of leaked it to uh, – to an apologist, there's plenty of those in my business. Or a cheerleader, there are plenty of those too. Sure. Um, that DeChambeau wasn't feeling well and he'd had a COVID test on Friday afternoon or night. So DeChambeau finishes up the second round Saturday morning because of the rain delay. And most 95% of all professional athletes, when they per- finished performing and they met with the media, and if somebody had heard that they weren't feeling well, and they were, and the athlete were was asked about how they were feeling. The the, the answer would immediately be, and it would be the, the the athlete would snap, "I'm fine." Next question. Mm-hmm. You don't make excuses in this business. Not Bryson DeChambeau. He spent 15 minutes detailing how dizzy he felt, how uh, how nauseous he felt, how he got the COVID. He just he couldn't get enough of it. And of course, you know the the. Uh, the electronic media was lapping it up. And I, I just find it sort of appalling. I, I, look, the kid doesn't really get it. That's, it's just, he's, he's, he's I, I, don't, I don't know. Jerry Dow, is he a good guy? I don't know. How do you define good? I think that he doesn't hurt anybody. Right. But he rubs people the wrong way, JT. He's got, he's got a tin ear. And... Uh, as bright as he thinks he is, how good as he knows he is, and as well as he, as he has performed, we're still left wanting a lot more from the guy in terms of his just his general demeanor. It, he's a hard guy to like, yeah. <laughs> and I want to love. I, I've had so I've had a half dozen people tell me I want to love the guy. I just had one of my best friends, long-time guy in the business, known for the guy for 20 years. I want to love the guy, but I just can't. He keeps pissing me off. And I think we all get a, feel, a certain a version of that feeling. Now, look, I mean, he's still young. He's only, I think he's 27. Uh, he's off to a great start. And maybe he'll mature, too. We just talked about Dustin Johnson coming of age. Maybe DeChambeau will too, but a little humility can go a long way. and He could use some. Well, <clears throat> he reminds me, John, of a couple guys I went to college with. And they were, you know, they were smart. I mean, um, I was no ninny, but these guys were 
like you said, these were science majors and, you know, like that. And when they ever kind of let their guard down and became normal people, they were actually kind of fun to be around. But most of the time they were worked so hard on trying to prove that they were the smartest kid in the class. Right. You know, like that. And, uh, you know, okay, he's got a degree in physics from Caltech or wherever in the hell he went. Good for you. You know, and when your golf career is over, maybe you can your playing career, maybe you can go design clubs for the PXG guy or something. I don't know. But, you know, it's it's you really tried to like those kids, but you could never really get it handled. And you run into them 20 years later on the street. After college, and they're still a pain in the ass. You know, so that that's what he reminds me of. And maybe I'm completely off base and I'm wrong. And if I am, I'll be the first to admit it. But I'm that's what I'm looking at there. And, uh, you know, um, it's just the way I think. And I and I think what you were saying, you, you look back, you think of Hogan and the bus crash and all that. You know, he didn't come in and say, man, my legs are killing me today. Right. You know, perfect example. Yeah. You know, like that or. Uh, other people that got hurt. I mean, you've heard you heard people ask Tiger over the years about his back or his knees or something, but he didn't elaborate that much. He just was kind of, yeah. I remember him coming in from one tournament, and and they said, you know, how's your knee? And he said, I took something for it. Next question, you know, and and that was it. So that's just my perspective. That, well, uh, you're. I mean, and that's. You know, the, the perception of the layman or the outsider, as you say, as you refer to yourself, is really more important in my perspective because there's 10 million of you. There's only a few of me. And yeah. by that, I mean, what's the old saying? Four billion Chinese can't be wrong. If, 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 it, if it smells like you know what and it yep. looks like you know what, it probably is you know what. And I got I, I was you know I spent 14, 15 years on driving ranges and practice screens with the, with the finest golfers on earth, and that was my job. And I had uh, strong relationships with dozens and dozens of them, and they all knew me, especially after I did the Golf Channel thing. And I learned a lot about the the, the tour pro, the 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 man, uh, the man. Behind the mask, mm -hmm. so to speak. And DeChambeau is a different kind of guy. Um, most golfers are self-effacing, self-deprecating. They run around the bases with their head down, if you know what I mean. Right. We're going to take a break here on Girling at the Green, and the Hawk and I will be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT along with John Hawkins today. John has a long and colorful career. Um, as a covering golf, he did it for, like he said, 14, 15 years. He was on golf channel. Now he writes for morning read. Um, you want to get to the scoop of stuff. You talk to John, that's the deal here. Um, also we want to thank the folks at painted Hills, natural beef, beef, the way nature intended and Ben Hogan golf golf. I stuck my finger in my mouth when I tried to say golf, John, I don't know why I did that, but, um, 
Ben Hogan Golf Tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. So, um, you know, let's kind of get our little tiger chat out of the way here. You know, I thought Friday and and uh, uh, and Saturday, you know, uh, Tiger was kind of in there, you know, and Thursday, I guess. But, you know, he was kind of hanging around minus three, minus four, you know, like that. And um, you knew by Saturday afternoon that he wasn't going to put a big run on because they're just the math didn't work. But it was a respectable showing. And then he had some real trouble on Sunday. Well, I mean, yeah, he was out of the tournament when he made the 10 on the 12th hole. Yeah. Which was four strokes higher than he's played, ever played a par three on, as, a, as a professional. It was, you know, I mean, it, yeah, you say the words Tiger and 10 in the same sentence, and the last thing you're thinking is score. You're thinking, well, 10 majors by the time he turned 30 or whatever, yeah. you might take it you, you wouldn't take it there so um you know but, but it was it really was was inconsequential to the tournament as a whole um and it's really kind of cool to note and this gets lost in the rubble that woods birdie five of the last six holes to basically wipe out all but two of those strokes which yeah you know, I look at a little, I look at things differently than others. I think sometimes I'm trying to, but in this case, I think it's, that to me is the mark. That's the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, Woods does a lot of stuff that annoys me. Um, and I, and I think his, a lot of his problems, his inability to uh, sustain positive momentum and contend frequently anymore is attributed more to his, he's just, 45 and he's a father and he's not as good as he used to be. I don't, I don't look at his back or his knees or whatever. Yeah. As the reason I think he's just really accomplished a lot. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a charter member of the fan club there. Uh, and I'm a journalist. I think he's, I think he really was embarrassed by what happened on 12 and put the pedal to the metal and, you know, right. This never really rusts. It, it, it gets a little mixed up and it gets a little corroded, but it doesn't rust out. And he's, there's nobody greater than Tiger Woods. He, he may not be the greatest of all time. You may be still in the Nicholas camp, but Woods played the game at a higher level than anybody has ever played. It. And he may not have done it for as long, but he did it at a higher level than anybody. And this once again reminded us just how great greatness can be. He makes a 10 and he comes back. And Birdie's five of the last six. That's pretty crazy stuff. But, yeah, uh, not the best showing for him. But, yes, for the first 36 holes, there was certainly reason to believe that a miracle, if not nearly, if not even close to a rapid boil at that point, at least the water was getting warm. Right. Uh, but it never, it, it somebody turned off the burner. And uh, Tiger ended up becoming an off-back. Still, he'll be back in five months. And, uh you know, I think the warm weather, uh, although it was pretty humid and warm there, I think, you know, he's until further notice, he's still capable of getting it done. Oh, absolutely. And and back to you, you said you didn't know if I was in the Nicholas camp. I'll tell you what, I've always been, uh, I've been a Tiger fan. I've, I've, I've 
oogled at times over shots we've seen him hit. But when I but I was always for a while there kind of like, well, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, this, that, whatever. And then when I heard Nicholas say this was several years ago, he when he said Tiger plays at a level that I'm not familiar with, then I knew how I felt about Tiger right then. It took a little prompting from from Jack himself, but I did figure it out because when you would watch him hit shots at Augusta sometimes and lots of other places, you know, for he's. 270 yards out around a dog leg left with a pond and, uh, you know, three gorillas with machine guns. And he puts it four inches from the hole by cutting the corner. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty good. You know, that's my, that's my perspective of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that some of these younger guys that are, that are doing it. They've, they tried to aspire to that and they have little glimpses with it, but I think tiger has done it longer at that level and maybe will be the one that does it, um, ends up doing it the longest at that level. Um, never know, but it's pretty good. Who, uh, so here's another question. And I know, you know, Phil, what's the deal with the sunglasses? <laughs> Phil. Oh, I just think he spent a lot of time, you know, outside, he's 50, you know, he's yeah. to get crow's feet, you know, the boyish, the boyish face is looking a little, a little wrink, more wrink, more, maybe, what's the word, wrinklier? Weathered, <laughs> maybe weathered a little bit. Is yeah, that... yeah, but he's probably also getting, you know, a couple hundred grand to wear them. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? He's won two events on the senior tour with him, so it's not like you can't perform uh, unless, uh, you know, it, there's no, there's no obvious change in his performance. Um, you know, I think everybody's. I know I tried sunglasses for a while, and that I didn't, I didn't think they made me play better or worse. I think yeah. he, there's some eye protection there. Yeah, I think he jumps over on the senior tour, wins some money, goes back, covers his uh, his football bets for the week, and then goes back out to work. That's <laughs> I'm looking at it, you know. He, that's, well, he had, he had a pretty good week. He, he, his week ended up a lot like Tiger's in that he he was kind of in the mix early, and then one of those guys, one of those cars in the back of the traffic jam at like minus three or four. Uh, but just you know, the thing about when you get older, it's just harder. It's harder and harder to put together four excellent rounds. And uh, when you're 22, you just jump out of bed and head right to the practice range and. When you're 42 or 52, you you need a little more time. Yeah, it's hard for me to put together one good round. So there you go. I mean, I, you know, but I don't play in tournaments yeah. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. You do that. Um, out of anybody that was in the field there, who would you? And I and I I'm not trying to make things negative at all. But who would you say was the most disappointing? Well, Deschambault. I mean, yeah. Heavy, he was a, a, I think it's fair to say he was a heavy tournament favorite. And he finished at plus one, tied for 34th. I mean, um, it's, it, it's, I'm sorry, he finished, he played, he played the final 18 and plus one, finished at 200, but he finished 18 strokes back. He was never a factor. Uh, he opened 70 74 when the golf course was really vulnerable. Uh, from there, I mean, there's a number of guys. I mean, it's kind of hard to to, to to find fault in a guy who 
who finishes, you know, T5. But McElroy, uh, really, again, um, terrible start. He shot a 70, he shot a 75 on the first day with everybody else was shooting mid and high 60s. I mean, he gave away so much real estate on the first 18 JT. He ended up nine back. And if you could shoot a six, you know, you know, just if my, you know what, had you know what, yeah. she'd be my uncle. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's like if McElroy just shoots a 68 on the first day, which was a, a pretty gettable score, very gettable. In fact, almost everybody who's the top, looks like the top five guys, the, the, all five guys ahead of them on the leaderboard, and that includes one of the guys who tied for fifth. All five of those guys shot 66 uh, or 66, 65, 66, or 67. If McElroy just shoots 68 instead of 75, he finishes at 18 under, and who knows? Right, right. If he comes in early at eighteen, even if it's just a couple of groups before Johnson. Who knows if maybe Dustin starts feeling it down the stretch? And that's the beauty of tournament golf is that a cakewalk can turn into a a, a, a tightrope in a hurry. And if a guy's not, if nobody applies pressure on the leader, pretty much from start to finish. Uh, over the course of a final round, then it's a very different product, and it's not nearly as entertaining or as exciting as as when it when it's uh, when, when it's close. There you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with the hawk right after this on Grilling at the Green. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland and the Golf News Network. Now let's get back and talk with our bud, uh, John Hawkins here. So, you know, again, as an outsider uh, looking in, although if they open up the press box in the spring, I'll probably be there. I will say that, but um, you never know (laughs) anymore. You never know. But, um, you know, in, in looking at it overall, and I kind of look at, at some of the players and, and, you know, this and that. Sometimes um, sometimes I think that, like, guys like Rory, and we talked about Rory a little bit in the previous segment. Sometimes Rory just kind of cruises through because he knows he's one of the great golfers in the world. But he's also kind of happy, and now he's a dad, and he's got a good-looking wife, and he's worth a bazillion dollars and all that, and he just kind of, chirps down the, you know, the fairway. And uh, sometimes I wonder what, you know, when you're at that level, I know it would be hard to keep the intensity up like Tiger did for all those years. But sometimes I think some of these guys are younger, they're smarter, and they think, well, I don't want to walk with a limp when I'm 52 years old. So I'm just going to play at this level, which is better than most. And once in a while, I'll sneak in there, but I'll still make a great living. They don't control it like that. I mean, okay. <laughs> let me put it to you this way. You a music guy? Yeah. Bruce Springsteen wrote Born to Run, Sleeping on Somebody Else's Couch, okay? Right. When you're hungry, when you're hungry, when you when you don't have anything, 
your drive is much greater than when you're living in a 16-bedroom mansion with a staff of five. It's, I mean, Bruce Springsteen still makes music, and I guess he's still out there, but it's not the same. It's right. not Born to Run. It's not The River. It's not Darkness on the Edge of Town. Those are the albums guys their age defined Springsteen by, and the younger people couldn't give a damn. So right. it, it, it's what I'm saying is hunger is the greatest motivator. And McElroy is an extremely gifted player, a five-tool guy. Um, there's a lot of theories. Uh, my podcast partner's got the best one I've heard. Roy needs to get his best buddy, Harry Diamond, off his bag and find the real caddy who will whip his ass when he needs to be whipped and read putts better because Roy's hit too many good putts that don't go in. And from there, he needs to work, he needs to sharpen up his short game uh, because he's going to drive the ball so long and hit it so far. You say, well, heck, who needs a short? Well, because he's going to be on or right around the edge of the green and two at three par fives every day. And he needs to get those up and down. He needs to improve his par five scoring average. He needs to maximize every element of his game. He needs to have all the burners on high because he doesn't have the same hunger he once had. Maybe Dustin Johnson was driven because he's tired of hearing about, well, he doesn't win the big one. He's blown a bunch of them and he's only got the one major title. I mean, we don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. I mean, I look at Major League Baseball game I covered back in the early 80s. and I, You want to win a, a world championship? Baseball is a young man's game, okay? Mm-hmm. Once you give a 32-year-old pitcher, you know, $25 million a year for the next seven years, why in the hell should he care that much? <laughs> He's done with, right? Of course his arm's going to start hurting a little bit. I think you get a little bit of that in golf. I think subconsciously, I don't think these guys, these guys are alpha males, man. They're, they're like. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're the, they're the, they're the best dogs in a lot. And, and so they don't, but there's a lot of subconscious activity going on. I mean, I, I don't think McElroy, I think McElroy wants to win more. I think he plays his ass off, tries his ass off every time he shows up. But he just doesn't have that inner drive. Like it, it, it's 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 tucked away somewhere, and he can't quite. It, it really doesn't have any access to it. Yeah. He lives in a mansion, and he got married in a castle, and he's got a hot wife, and he's got a baby. So I've seen it over and over. He's a great player. Uh, is he done? I don't know. Uh, we asked that question on that podcast last week. Would you say Rory McIlroy's career? would uh, deserve the which punctuation, a question mark, an exclamation point, or an ellipsis. Uh, and I said question mark. Um, I, think he's, I, I wouldn't say he's done, but I'm, I have my doubt. There you go. It's always a pleasure, John, to have you on the show. It really is. Anytime, partner. You Thanks got it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we will be back uh, after Thanksgiving. 
and um, with some more golf shows for you. And so for JT and for John Hawkins, take care. Have a good holiday, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.